you're right. That is a very scary thing when you already have something good going. You don't want to like mess it up. But um, I think that I'm someone who I've had a lot of good things going and they they mess up without me even doing it. I I, I didn't have any part on why this fell fell apart, um, but it fell apart and I and I kept going and I'm I'm on to better things. So I think I'm really used to taking risks because I'm an entrepreneur, because it's just me. And sometimes it's either going to be a yes or a no. And I, and I just kind of have to deal with that. I just want money in the bank. Have no time for them. We just pray and say amen. Been way back when. I just want money in the bank. Hello, everyone. My name is Walt, and I'd like to welcome you to Boss Lux, a show where we are redefining professionalism and proving that natural hair and professionalism do coexist. And we do this by speaking to some amazing people, the black leaders, CEOs, professionals, and just people in everyday lives who are doing something big for the community or just redefining the standards in their own environment. Now, today I have the honor and privilege of speaking to MK, Nicole Kemp. MK, how are you doing today? What's up? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, by the way. And thanks for bringing on, man, especially in your busy schedule, too. Yes, um, I appreciate it. Yeah. So for those who don't know, MK is a content creator and entrepreneur who you can find with the camera. Everything from weddings to high-end videos and photography for your content needs. You know, she's been doing so many things for a long time now, um, from working with the task force with global health, school district, even doing some things for Fox Sports and just seems like everything in between. So MK... You are the first videographer we've had on, and I have a bunch of questions to ask you. But to start off, yeah, to start off, I would like to know, what are the three things that most people don't know about you? Oh, man. Uh, That's a really good question. Um, hmm. Most people don't know that I really have a love for ASL or the deaf community. Hmm. and I hope to be an interpreter one day. So a lot of people don't know that. Um, let me think. Oh, that's crazy. Because I feel like I'm just a camera. I'm just a walking camera. And that's that's what people know. So um, maybe that I am, I like being at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really am outgoing. I really love people and everything. And every I love being out, but... When I'm home, it's like heaven. I love that. <laughs> um, I feel that. And um, I don't know. Maybe that I am born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. I don't know if many people know that, but you know now. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's definitely something to say because you know I'm, I'm I just moved here. I'm almost on two years in Atlanta. And so when you meet someone who's actually born and raised here, that's definitely something to be like, yeah, I'm actually from here, born yes, here, raised my here. my city. <laughs> your city for real. I'm just here. I'm here visiting. I'm waiting on, like, I feel like after, like, 15 years, I'll, I'll start to just say, like, yeah, I'm here, I'm here. But just just don't expose it's me. everybody's city, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so love for the ASL. That's pretty cool. I think that, you know, as – we start to learn about everyone's kind of personal journey and um, 
I feel, and also just from like a global standpoint as well, you start to learn more about the ASL and like schools and everything. I know the school I went to offered that as like a, as a language that you could take, like instead of Spanish or something else, you could really major in ASL. So I started to hear it more and see it more as well. Matter of fact, um, I forgot the name of the company, but they had some type of tile on them. Which some I type was of what? Pretty, oh, like neckties with braille on them. And I mean, I guess wow. that's a little different, but um, yeah, it's just really cool. That's interesting, yeah. Representation and just making spaces available for everyone. Exactly. But um, yeah, what um, what kind of led you into um, into ASL? Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, like you said, I, I I went to school and it was offered. I think before then, I really didn't think much about it, and maybe because I never came, I never came across a deaf person. Mm-hmm. Um, or it was never discussed as I grew up in grade school. And um, then when I got to Georgia State and they told me, you know, I'm going to need a minor to go along with my film major, I decided to to do American Sign Language. And I don't know, like, it's just very, very emotional and heartwarming at the same time for me at, at how the deaf community is treated as well as how awesome they are, like beyond what people see. They're freaking amazing. And I just really want to be able to communicate with them and to communicate for them. Yeah, that's really cool. So that's interesting. That's why I didn't need, so you actually needed a minor to go with yours? Yes. Um, at Georgia State, some some majors require a minor. So. Interesting. Well, that's a pretty cool one to pair with, especially videography, because... Typically, when we think of videos, like, obviously, it's the visual aspect, but it's, like, the sound that goes with it. Right. It'd be pretty cool to kind of, like, uh, pair those together. Exactly. One day, that's the goal, to put my two loves together. That's what's up. Did you, um, did you watch the show Master of None? Is that, does it have to do with sign language? I didn't, but I need to watch that. It was um, by Aziz Ansari, and actually, Lena Waithe was uh, one of the writers on it. Um, okay. I think it came out like 2017, but uh, it's a Netflix watch- show. Okay, I remember watching a Netflix show where there were kids signing within it, but I'm not sure the name of it. Tell me the name of that oh, again. Gotcha. Oh, Master of None. It actually um has nothing to do with it, but um there was oh. one episode in season two where um instead of kind of following the normal path of the characters. Um, they decided to just focus on the lives of a few people. And there's this one group that was deaf. And so the whole episode was just silent. And mm. they were just kind of signing the whole time with subtitles, of course. But I just yeah. thought that was really cool. It kind of like takes you in, um, it kind of, I'm not sure if like privilege is the best way, but in a way, but it just kind of, kind of takes you out of your, um, not even comfort zone, but just what you normally expect. And I think a lot of people expect to, yeah, people expect to watch and hear these shows, but for that episode, it's like, no, there's there's no sound. It's just visual. And it was still a great show. It's really dope. Yeah. I mean, like, can you imagine someone walking through their whole day and not hearing a thing? Right. That's that's pretty insane. It is. (laughs) It is. Mm -hmm. Really cool. So, um, with... Everything that's happened, I think 2020 is such an interesting year because there's just a lot of chaos everywhere. But I also see a lot of growth happening as well. And 
I'm curious in your life and your line of work. Um, and I don't like to think of things as wins and losses, because I feel like there's always something to learn in the losses. So for you, what have been some of your wins and lessons learned um, so far this year? Okay, yeah. Um, I love how you changed that loss to a lesson for sure. Um, but yeah, 2020 has been a roller coaster for us all. Um, I think it brings some good because I like to stay at home. So, um, <laughs> but <laughs> it doesn't bring good for my company as well as a hundred thousand other companies because we need that interaction. We need um, we need events. We need holiday moments. We need love moments. We need. Uh, content being created, whether it be for entertainment or educational purposes or um, sports. I mean, everything is, it's kind of how we operate. So due to things being shut down, I feel as though we all focus on what's necessary. And if we could, if any of us could put on three fingers what's necessary in our lives, creating content would not necessarily be what you're thinking about at the forefront. So that's how my business has been, or that's, I can sum it up in that way where things have gotten slower, smaller, minimum, because no one just needs images. That's not something people need right now. They need income, they need food, they need mental, you know, mental help or stability, but a photo shoot is not necessarily on the first um on the top of your mind and that really has had my bookings a bit slim however um because my bookings are slim and I'm not constantly out shooting or answering phones as much I'm really able to to hone in on what I haven't had time to do it's really allowed me to work uh, I've actually had a, a new website I've got a new company at, on how you I go about booking um it's allowed me to rebrand pretty much. I've got some products. Um, Shop by MK has never had products and I haven't pushed it at all yet, but we've got products coming and I've got so many things coming that I wouldn't have necessarily had the chance to roll out. You know, ideas that you kind of had there, but you haven't put mm-hmm. play on them. I've been able to click play. Um, so it's some good, some some lessons learned and and some good still going, you know? That's what's up. And actually, I saw your website. I didn't realize it was new and it's very well put yeah. together, you know, simple, easy to go through. Like a lot of times it's just like, like just too much going on on a site, but you're just like, okay, this, that, okay, over here. And I saw the products too. They look pretty nice. Thank you. I, I try to make it self-explanatory because we shoot so much. Um, and I can, right now I can get a call from a wedding client and then in a second I can get a call from a 15-year-old boy who wants to just do a photo shoot. So I want to make sure my website is, um, I guess, what's the word? I don't want it to be intimidating to anyone. Mm-hmm. I want you to feel like, oh, she can do whatever I want. Let's get into it. <laughs> right. How about, like, do you ever find that people feel kind of intimidated when it actually comes to the photo shoot? Because I'll say for, like, me, I feel like I need a smiling coach. Like, I feel fine smiling in every day. But when it comes to the camera, I'm just like, oh, what do you want me to do? What? Like, how, yeah. how do you uh, kind of help ease people into the whole process? Yes, it's crazy because I am really good behind the camera. I'm a mess in front of it. I don't <laughs> so I understand 
I understand the 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 nerve wracking feeling that you instantly get just because it's a camera right there looking at you. So because I understand that and I, I work with it so much, I really think I, I have a skill at being able to make you feel comfortable, whether it be the convo, the conversations we had before the shoot that I've, I've exchanged numbers with you and I'm showing you my personality. I'm showing you that I really care about what we're going to create. I'm letting you know that we can talk very often and you can you're welcome to send voice memos. You know, like I'm not sure if every photographer is that open. And so you may feel like, okay, I'm still not sure who I'm meeting. I'm still not sure who I'm shooting, but I don't, I don't want you to feel like that at all. I want you to know, let's do, like, we're friends. Like, let's go into this like friends and let's create something. And so when we get to the shoot, of course you still have people who are very nervous. Um, and I, I just like to make them almost like an interview. When If you've ever been in an interview and they go, let's just make this a conversation. Like, I don't want it to feel like an interview. That's That's the same thing I try to do where, let's pretend we're not even shooting photos. Like let's walk through the park for a second or let's, let's sit in the studio. What kind of music do you like? Let's do, okay, let's turn up. Right. You know, I, the focus isn't even on the picture. You know, I really want you to just enjoy this. I want you to feel beautiful. Um, I want you to like, whatever you you're hoping for, I want to make that happen for you. So I guess that's my goal. And then we can focus on the photos. That's last. That's really cool. Yeah, no, just like in our interactions, and I guess it's only we've only spoken once. I mean, it's like, yeah, the, you you really do a good job of getting that positive energy out there. It's like I already feel like I've known you for a minute. Right, man, we're homies, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Have you ever been in customer service? A little bit. I mean, I've worked tons of jobs. Anybody that knows me knows I like hustle like so for the past five six years i worked for myself but i've worked at piccadilly enterprise quick trip rental companies i mean i've been a valet person like uh. gotcha i was wondering because like when you were explaining like the whole like the process experience and everything i was like wow okay you do a good job of making that whole customer like experience like it's not just like we're here to take photos like it's almost yeah. like an event, like a kickback even. Yeah, like whatever yeah. you want it to be, as long as it's appropriate and professional, we can do it. <laughs> right, like we're not that close. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, you know, cool. I really wish I could somehow, I should do this. Like this is what COVID brings me, where I, sh- I should record what a process is like with me and put that on my website because I do think that, you may never know that based off of just my images, you know? So that's a good maybe point. I should let people know that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, get on the other side of the camera. I feel like you have the personality for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so what actually got you into film? Um, everyone asked me this question. So my answer is already ready to go. And it was Nicki Minaj. Um, oh, really? As crazy as it sounds, I love her. I loved her. Now I just love her. You know, she's awesome. <laughs> but when I was about, you know, when I was in like ninth grade, I don't know, 10th grade, I loved her. And I just wanted to recreate her videos. And somehow, some way, I think I asked my mom for a camera. She got me a little digital camera. And I would be through school just trying to recreate Nicki Minaj videos like with my classmates with my teachers 
And it was really fun. Like, I'm sure the videos were not edited well or shot well, but it created such a good time, like, amongst my friends and teachers. And then I was getting a lot of views on YouTube. And because I would post them, which they're not, no one goes searching for them because they're gone now. (laughs) But um, they were up there. And some of my friends would see that and feel like, oh, I want to rap. Can you shoot me a video? And and that's what sparked it all. I literally, so from that point, I started shooting videos. And then upon graduation, um, I started working on sets of music videos. And, and it just kind of sparked from there. I just kept going. Oh, wow. Just started from being a fan of Nicki Minaj, recording your own videos. And so it's interesting, you kind of almost like not stumbled, but just like, just ended up shooting videos for other people just because. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I just wanted to shoot myself, but then looking back, I'm like, Lord Jesus, why didn't anyone tell me to stop? (laughs) (laughs) I guess they realized I was having a good time and it brought about a a skill or a talent that I really Mm -hmm. would enjoy. So worked out. That's cool. We got to bring those videos back one day, like a one day only CMK. In the early day. You know, the crazy thing is I've been stopped maybe about, I'm not making this up, maybe about five times or less in my life where people recognize me from those videos. And and oh, they were clearly are Nicki Minaj fans because at the time I really, I mean, some of the videos have over 100,000 views. And so it's really like, what on earth? Why aren't I viral and famous? But right. Put <laughs> <laughs> that Nicki page back up. Yeah, yeah. I just did a photo shoot with um, a couple, maybe in June, and he said to me, did you used to make Nicki Minaj videos? And I was like, I didn't know if I should be honest or not. (laughs) What have you seen? But yes, he's seen videos, and so it's crazy. Wow. Okay. Okay, so you're kind of on that influence. You like that that private celebrity that, like back in the day, when no one knows where they are, who they are, then all of a sudden, like, are you that Nikki? Not you did that, right? No, actually, though, that you say that, I really want to be like that celebrity that no one knows, but like has that that the mm-hmm. money to match, as well as the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not. Or oh, like the status, just like a well-known photographer, but only the people cutting the checks really know her name. I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. That makes sense, especially because you like you say you like to stay at home. So, <laughs> yeah, behind the camera, I feel like it's interesting. A lot of videographers and photographers they do such an amazing job at bringing life out of people, life into the room. But it's like, yo, just keep keep me on the other side. Don't don't show me. Yeah, I feel like the reason I like staying at home is because when I go out and shoot, no matter if it's at the park, the studio, wedding, I like really giving my all. Mm-hmm. And I'm like really talking to people and really listening and trying to remember like when your wedding, when you guys met. And I'm trying to remember when you graduated and, and what sports you like. Like, so I'm really getting into this. And so when I get home, it's like, okay, okay, let's just. We could stay here for like two days if you need. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. you know, my dad, um, he once told me, because I actually feel the same way. I feel like I, I walk the line of an introvert and an extrovert. Um, 
I'm starting to get more comfortable with being an introvert, even out in public. Like, I'll still talk to people and everything, but, like, I'm very protective of my energy and everything. And you know, my daddy once kind of explained it to me almost like a rechargeable battery. You know, you go out fully charged and everything, but you also have to make sure you kind of go back to just recharge yourself, like, in the right way for you, too. No, you're okay. right. Uh, I've been working on that just a tad bit. You're right. Mm-hmm. So what type of things do you do to kind of recharge? Um, I love to, me and my girl, I live with my girlfriend. So we love to go sit outside and just play music and just kind of enjoy it. When the weather's good, we'll sit in the mm-hmm. back and do that. Um, watch TV, lay down. Um, I love to ride my bike. I like to work out, um, hang with my family. Those are things I don't really do often because I'm always working but they're Mm -hmm. always working as well I feel like you know America we are the working class as much as you know there's levels to the economic thing we all work and that's just the only way we we know how to live Mm -hmm. um so yeah I I just try to do the the small things that people may think they may do that very often I really don't get to so yeah me and my girlfriend were actually trying to look for um, places to ride bikes and everything here in Atlanta. Um, yeah, we actually need to find like a place to get bikes too. Like, I don't know why. I feel like when you're younger, it's like, oh no, I'm just gonna get that bike from Kmart. But now I'm like, I don't really know where to go get bikes. <laughs> well, I mean, you could go anywhere. It just depends on like the level of serious bike rider you want to be. You know, like I feel like yeah, you can I just go need to two wheels, anywhere. Oh, or you can true. go to a direct bike store and get like different gauge. It's, I mean, get all, you know, all the you know what? You actually just helped me because I think I see people on like the the um the Beltline thing, and they always got those like serious bikes with the foot things. So I see it all the time. Like, okay, I guess I need that. So I'm an adult now, but now I'm just gonna go to Walmart and get I have whatever a basic they got. Bike. <laughs> <laughs> right, I just needed to go forward. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I just don't want to fall off. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's only required. <laughs> right. Hey, I want to take a quick break to tell you about a Facebook group we put together called Working While Black. It's the number one group for black professionals, creatives, entrepreneurs, and people in the workforce to connect, learn, and support each other's growth. It's an extension of this very podcast and will be a place to dive deeper into topics discussed on this show, as well as having the opportunity to participate in a live Working While Black series that addresses the Black experience in the workplace. Now, if you're feeling this, then you'll want to join immediately because we're naming the first 50 people to join as the founding members who will get special privileges as the group grows. Now, you can join today by searching for Boss Locks Working While Black. And also, to just make it real easy on you, if you click the link in the description, it'll take you to our site. We can learn about our guests and everything that they're doing, but also, you'll see really easy instruction on how to join the group. I'm talking about, like, a click of a button and boom, like, you're there. So, you know, it's free, it's easy, and it's built to support black growth. So, join today, and I'm looking forward to see you there. Thank you very much for listening, and now back to our show. So um, I wanted to ask you, because, well, one, I want to kind of congratulate you on your success thus far. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah. 
so early in my journey, but I don't think you're saying that. Um, but like working with Fox Sports and um, like the task force of global health, kind of like what, what's it like when you start to work with, I guess, not necessarily like bigger clients, but just um, working in different spaces? Like what, what was that like for you? It's a difference. Like I, when you say bigger companies or bigger clients, as much as we don't want to say that, that's what it is. And the the feeling is different. Like, you know, it, it makes sense how, how it goes. The, the experience is parallel to the type of company it is, if that makes sense. So um, when I work with county schools, you know, education is not the best as far as like how it's ran. And depending on what county you're in, I'm, a lot of people may not be familiar with Georgia or the counties in Georgia, but depending on what county you're in, the education system can be pretty poor. So I'm saying in, in, in parallel, I feel the experience was on that level as well, as far as the support I got working with them, I mm-hmm. feel it was just as bad as the support students get being in that county and in that school system. But don't get me wrong. I, I am a student of DeKalb County. I'm a product of DeKalb County. So they're not all horrible, but I, I, I was a teacher. I was an educator for one year. I taught film and it just wasn't the, great, the greatest experience because I didn't have the proper support in the building that I needed. But mm-hmm. the students were, are who keep you there. Um, they're so just full of life. Um, high school, uh, but sometimes it's a little challenging when their their interest isn't film, their interest isn't gym, their interest interest isn't anything other than just being there, you know, and just just to it, it just wasn't the greatest environment, so the experience wasn't that great. But mm-hmm. being able to be a role model to certain students, or being able to be that ear that they needed to talk to, or even some teachers, some coworkers, just keeping them uplifted about the Monday all the way to the Friday was what was um, nice for me. And then you have a whole different experience where you have the task force or Fox Sports, where the experience had, was amazing. Um, I still work with the task force. I started as an intern. I then... I enjoyed it so much and they enjoyed what I provided for them so much that they offered me a temporary position. And then from there, when I explained to them, like I have my own company, this is what I do. Boom. I became a contractor. So now I am a contractor for the task force and I provide a lot of photos and videography for them um, for their educational videos, for things that they film overseas or out of the country and need. Um, edit it together. I do their holiday events, all of that. And every time I'm taken care of so well, um, just from day one to, to the end of the day, they're amazing. They send me gifts and things like that. Send me notes and letters. It's just, I mean, but I do think it's it come, it's the, the financial difference. Like how much money does a, a school district have to send me letters and notes to let they let them know to let me know that they're thinking of me, that really does something to someone. So mm-hmm. for another company to be able to do it, it shows you just the difference in a lot of things. Um, 
So, and then with the Fox, with Fox Sports, I was an editor. Um, I was like an intern editor that turned into a temporary position. And then I moved on from there, but that was really great as well. I was an on, on air promotion editor. So I edited a lot of Hornets, um, Charlotte's, uh, Charlotte Hornets, and I'm mm-hmm. not good at all these names, but I edit all that stuff, and it'll oh, be like, it. tune, in, tune in on Friday at 7, and all that stuff. And I that was really fun. I enjoyed that. I actually wish, maybe I should get back into that, but. Yeah. yeah. Hold on, yeah, so, so you were like, cool, but... yeah, you were one of the people, like, when it's, like, live flashing, you'd be like, boom, like, you press that button. <laughs> Exactly. Well, you know what? I don't know how that works actually on the back. <laughs> like, what, how exactly all that like comes together? Because all I know is like from the consumer side, I'm just watching. I'm like, okay, yeah, that popped up. Okay. Exactly. Cool. But, well, in Fox Sports, um, every in Fox, there's tons of different divisions. So I literally worked in the, in Fox Sports division, and there were tons of different editors for different reasons or different specials on Fox or different sporting things. And I was under a certain rim where we, I was just doing promotions. So not necessarily the live game, but just the promotions that where you're watching something totally different and boom, it comes on the thrashers, the braves, doom, doom, doom. And then I don't know, like that was what I edited. And I would have to chop up those videos. I would pull them from the live video from last week I would pull the best clips the best swing I would pull like the coach yelling on the sideline or just I would have to shuffle through the the reel of footage and and create things with different sound effects and graphics and stuff like that and then I would the coolest experience I never got this experience before um where I would have to play my edit live for the broadcast in California so then they could record my edit and they play it live or they, you know, somehow they get it played through their network or whatever the case. And I just remember them telling me that I was the first intern that they really allowed to do that. Like normally oh, wow. they just let the interns edit and then they kind of look at it and, you know, it's put to their portfolio, not necessarily over sent over to Cali, but I was doing a little good. Okay. So they let me, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what's up. That's pretty big. Yeah. So um, to kind of go back to global health, I think it was really cool that when you um got the position, they offered you something, but then you did something which I think often I think kind of afraid to do because there is a lot that could go wrong. But you actually were like, hey, I actually do this for my own company. I could do it for you. Um, yeah. If you remember, like, what did it, or it's why um, did you decide to pitch yourself to them like that? You're right. That is a very scary thing when you already have something good going. You don't want to, like, mess it up. But um, I think that I'm someone who I've had a lot of good things going, and they they mess up without me even doing it. I, I, I didn't have any part on why this fell, fell apart. Um, but it fell apart, and I, and I kept going, and I'm, I'm on to better things. So I think I'm really used to taking risks because I'm an entrepreneur, because it's just me. And sometimes it's either going to be a yes or a no. And I, and I just kind of have to deal with that. So 
I think I really just felt comfortable with the company. I think that the culture of the company is um, they're very understanding. Um, they they listen to what you want as well as you're listening to what they need. And, and they're really good at compromising or coming to um, a head at something. And I think at the time, the company maybe was scaling back on how much they uh, how many employees they could have or or, you know, what departments they can have. And I think I was very aware of that. And so I was starting to make a game plan as they were probably starting to make a game plan. And I think I was like, look, I think I let's just pitch this idea. And if it doesn't work, tell them to pretend you never said it. Tell them you'll be here till they feed you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and but it, it worked out. Wow. That's what's up. That's yeah. very cool. Hmm. So now with them, you, do you still do that other job that they originally asked you to do, or is it primarily the video editing through your company? Um, it's, it's, it's really tailored for what they need. Um, when I was an intern, I worked in a department specifically for one branch of the global health. So I was providing content for that branch, meaning like I was creating things for their website and for their YouTube channel and for their whatever, um, and then it kind of, as I became that temp, I became creating content for the, for global health, for any, mm-hmm. any department. So now it's more like, Hey, MK, this is what we need. How much? Hey, this is what we need. You know? So I do a lot of different things for them. Oh, that's cool. So, you know, you've worked types of environments, um, work environments. So I think it's really interesting. So you've gotten to see, um, basically like professionalism in different settings. So I, one thing I like to ask everyone and I'm very interested to hear your response, um, but what does professionalism mean to you? Good question. Um, I mean, professionalism to me is just good business, giving someone the business you would want given to you. Um, like you said, customer service, just being able to be proud of what you said, being able to be proud of what you emailed, being able to be proud of what you put out. I mean, from start to finish, I feel like that's that's professionalism at its finest. Appropriate. We all know what's appropriate and what's not. Um, so, hey, I just want to be like McDonald's, as simple as that sounds. They did something <laughs> right because they are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I like that answer. Chick-fil-A, up. everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing something right, for sure. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, so I think the life of a videographer is pretty interesting. Um, and I think you kind of show it. At least your life is pretty interesting because all these different environments while also having your own company. It's tough to kind of balance everything, like – going into like wedding shooting mode versus doing some video like does it ever get like kind of hectic or chaotic um i'm sure it can uh i'm sure it can get more chaotic than it has i feel like my world gets chaotic mentally than anything else i'm very um organized i've always been so i think when i started my company and I, and I dove into it. 
I'm pretty organized as far as my clients, my my how I how I communicate with them, um, how I store images or how I store footage. I never lose a file or I don't want to say never like it happens. But the point is, I, if you ask me about a photo shoot, I won't have to go digging. I know exactly where to find that because I have a system as well as a lot of great photographers. Like it's the best thing to do. Why not? Um and yes, because I shoot a lot of different things, I feel I just have to stay organized. There's just, just there's just no other way I can operate. Um, which is why I lose my mental when it comes to Instagram. <laughs> because uh that's where I lose my mind at because I feel like I shoot so many different things that I cannot show you that with one picture. Boom. And then I can't show you that with the nine pictures now that you're viewing that I've, you know, like it's a little frustrating. And I, I really want people to go to my website because I, sometimes I feel like my Instagram may just give you a taste versus everything. And you might have missed something and I really want you to see it. And so anyways, that's that's my business. It's a lot going on. And so I'm saying I, I, I really I stay focused other than mental. It could get chaotic because I'm trying to make sure that I'm appealing to every audience. I'm, I'm trying to make sure that the maternity audience is taken care of just as much as the influence influencers or the celebrities. Like, <sighs> <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, that's a good point. Like Instagram, like it's it's a scrolling platform. So someone might see when with the algorithms too, you know, they might see that wedding photo and like never see another pic again. So like in their mind, you're the wedding person. Like they might need like someone to really help with that podcast video shooting, but they're like, oh no, she does weddings. She probably don't want to do this. Or yeah. But I think it's exactly good it's good you have the website. That's exactly what it is, yeah. So um but I feel as though and maybe you maybe you can speak on this too, but I feel like resumes or websites and things are not spoke about as often as they were. But that could be because of the industry I'm in. And I I don't just go to interviews every other day, but I don't think people check your website as much as they want to check your Instagram. They don't. They don't. I know um it's like I also offer some like consulting stuff, especially digital marketing with people. And honestly, like, so it's very important to have a website, but at the same time, if you don't have Instagram or Facebook, you're kind of hurting yourself. Cause when I, even me, like when I hear about a business, I go check the Instagram. I used to check the Facebook, not as much anymore, but I will go to the Instagram or Twitter and see if I'm feeling it really. And yeah. if you have the website, that's like the secondary place. So like first you gotta like pass the Instagram test. Okay, all right, cool, interesting. Let me check it out. Then go to the website. Exactly. And that grinds my gears how you just said <laughs> we have to pass the Instagram test before mm-hmm. I even click the link. Oh, I just I yeah, wish it, it could be what it used to be. It used to be the other way around. Sure. Yeah, true. That's true, actually. Very true. It's like the website was the ultimate thing, like unimaginable even. And it still is, I think, too, like having a website. And a friend of mine actually, um, there she has a line network, but he actually kind of pointed it out to me because I was like, yeah, this website, I don't know. I was like, no, nah, like you have the website. That really sets you apart from everyone else. I mean, that's that's hurt. It's like it's really is like a yin and yang thing or um, something else. You really have to have both together to really right. um, be out there winning. And you have more control over the website too, so you could really 
um, show who you really are without having to follow a nine or three row grid or anything. So or or likes and influence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I, as we compare where I've worked or who I've worked with, I do feel like um, the bigger companies are not, like you said, not bigger, more like because they may be bigger, but it's just more a different industry where entertainment mm -hmm. is nowhere near that. Like the entertainment isn't the goal. They don't even really care about my Instagram. Like there's oh, someone where I won't even expect a tag from, like I won't even expect it to see it on Instagram. And I might've, it might be confidential work. It might be something where it's, it was a, just a doctor, a talking head and it might play in their office. Like, so my website is so worthy to them, but to other genres of life, it's like, girl, send me the Instagram. <laughs> facts. That's facts. Yo, I actually didn't even think about that. Like people who just don't even care about the Instagram. That's a good point. That's yeah. a really good point. And I guess also really puts you in that different lane. So like, I, yeah, there's, there's so many ways to get it. It's kind yeah, of Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I need to get in that lane some more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, that's okay, dope. Cool. So um, another thing I wanted to ask you, because um, you, you got to shoot a wedding in Mexico, right? Yes, twice. And I'm blessed. Twice? Day, Yo, yes. What was that like? Awesome, man. I mean, I want to do it next week if I could. If someone call me right now, that would be amazing. Because, I mean, it's, it's just wet. shooting weddings in general are just beautiful, like, you know what I mean? You have to get the shot, but it's so much love on the other side of the camera that you're enjoying the moment regardless. Like, And mm -hmm. to be somewhere, of course, luxury or somewhere you're not used to, um, it's just awesome. Like, it's, it's just a really, really humbling or blessing feeling to, like, be out of state. My camera allows me to travel, and most of the time it's for no cost. So it's just... No words can describe it. I mean, to be able to have your feet in the sand and a stabilizer in your hand, like every videographer knows, that's a great feeling that does not compare to standing in the parking lot. Like, it's awesome. That's right. I like how you said that. <laughs> does it, not compare to standing it, in the parking lot. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's real, is. though. That's real. It totally is. I mean, mm -hmm. and I'm someone who, when I travel with my clients, I kind of capture it all. I capture more than what they're paying for just because I'm just having so much fun. And like camera is my middle name almost. So it's like, we could have just got off the plane, but I'm capturing that. Like do it again, go back, come back, walk again, just because this is so awesome. We'll never get this moment again. And I, I really enjoy being a part of that because like when I was born and when they were born in no way did they think Nicole Kemp was going to shoot their wedding. And so for someone to wake up and to to lock that in and to send a deposit and to make plans for me, like I give all praise to them. That's that's such an experience. Oh wow. That's a really good point. I like how you worded that. Wow. When they were I'm born, serious. When you were like, born that's like you never crazy. knew you were gonna yeah. Hmm. I mean, because a lot of people dream of their wedding day and they say they want this and this and this, but they never like they never know who's gonna film it or anything, or like who's gonna take pictures. So you chose little old me, like. 
<laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I guess that's that's a good point. Being chosen for a wedding, that's honorable. Do you think that people because videography and filmmaking is such an interesting world because there's so many things and pieces and lanes to go down. And I know you also in like the million other things you offer, you do real estate services as well. Like, is there any like ranking in the videography world, like the different types of shooting and stuff? Um, when you say ranking, what do you mean? Like there's tons of different types of like videography, like as mm-hmm. in, I um, like most people are, most people stick to one thing they shoot and or maybe two or three things. I really am the eyeball that I can't pick. Like, I, I really, I think it hurts me in the long run. I've talked to mentors and other people who want me to pick and want me to focus on the audience, but my heart won't let me right now. Like, it will come. I'm only 26, so I just feel like I will I will hone in on or stick to a, a genre soon. And so I'm saying that there's a lot of videographers who are just real estate videographers and their videos are crazy because that's all that they shoot. Like from house every day is a house in their face. Um, and then there's a videographer who's only for weddings and like every day they are shooting weddings. Like, so I'm that in one and I'm shooting all of that just maybe once a week, you know, or once a month. And, and so I don't know. I don't know if you, as far as rankings, I don't know who's the videography judge, but I do, I do think that um, when you hone in on something, you are a tad bit better at it. Mm. I won't, I won't discredit anybody. Like I'm, I'm a real person. So I do feel like, like, like people who only do newborn photography, their stuff is killer. I don't have a I don't have a, a a whole storage room full of newborn stuff. So how on earth can I kill the game like that? Like you know what I mean? But I'm gonna get there one day. I'm gonna figure out what exactly. Uh, and I, I, maybe I won't ever get there though because I do feel like you can trump in a lot of different categories. And I, I think I kind of like being the black J.C. Pennies or the black Life Touch or the someone that kind of shoots all genres and it's like. I don't know how to explain it, but. <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you. Actually, it reminded me um, in episode 12, we had uh, Kenny Henry on, and he is a very interesting person. And one thing, um, I mean, he he's one of us who has done a lot of different things and worked with a lot of different companies and industries and like the spaces he's in is pretty amazing. But um, one thing he always says is like, he hates that whole um, mass none thing. Because you really can, like, when you lead with authenticity and just be true to yourself, like, you're just going to end up doing a couple of different things. And that's what's true to you and kind of fall in your heart with it. Like he was saying, like, he um, has gone from writing a song to someone to working on, like, a campaign. And, yeah, just kind of following your your truth and knowing yourself. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a Gemini. So, and not that I feel like I'm not huge on horoscopes, but I know a lot of people are. And I I think that I really thought I'm a true Gemini where I'm indecisive, I'm moody and, but I'm fun, but I come with a lot of different levels. And I, Mm -hmm. I think that's what my work is. I just cannot choose. Like I, 
as much as it might be nice to shoot a baby every day, I don't really think I want to do that. Like, I think <laughs> I want to see a married couple the next day. And then I would like to see a cool influencer. And then I want to shoot with a business. Like, I don't know. I'm really into switching up and keeping things fresh. Hmm. Yeah. If anything, you almost like do have a lane. You kind of created this experience, which is like different for everyone, but it's like the MK experience. So it's almost like the other way around. It's like, yeah, I'm not a like, I'm, I'm not your like necessarily just a realtor person. Like you're more so. It's kind of like the lane. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Hmm. That's very true. Um. I was at. Cam Kirk Studios the other day and they're like a big inspiration to me and um I remember they asked like what's your why like who why do you do this or what's your what's your audience and they were telling like they want you to choose and I it's so hard to choose but like you said I do think my audience is it it's why but it's more so on the everyday what you need I guess I don't know I'm going to have to really hone into that and get into that. Yeah. That bothers me mentally, actually. I feel you. And really, it kind of goes back to what you're saying about um, just kind of being stuck with the Instagram grid. Like, like there's so much that you can't even just show on Instagram. And that website kind of helps you show it all. So Yeah. 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 In that organized fashion. I feel like when I do show, if you go to my Instagram now, it's shot by MK. Um, you'll get a scope of what I shoot. It's very different, but if you don't take the time, you'll you'll never see something. So yeah, but you know, we already. Yeah. So um, one thing that I saw on your website was that you mentioned that you wanted to make a vital impact on the media industry. Can you um explain a little bit more behind? Yeah. Um. Most of us know that. The film industry, the media industry, the photography world is male dominated. And there like a lot of things are male dominated actually. Um, and I feel a lot of women are here to change that as much as we can. Um, and not necessarily to dominate, but more so just 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 level up. Like we need to see each other at the same level. Um, and I remember when I first got into the industry around 16. Um, I was on big sets like with Gucci Man and, and Future and T.I. And, and all these things. But there were, I was always like, the little girl. Like there were never any other young ladies there. It was tons of guys. And and also because maybe what it came what it came with, I was on a lot of hip hop sets. So, you know what that comes with. But somehow, some way, little old me was was right there with my little camera. And I just never saw anyone I felt comfortable with talking to. Like, you just you just want to be there so you don't get kicked out, you know. But mm-hmm. it was it was just a different feeling. But then when I would get on certain sets where I saw female directors, everything just felt, you just feel more comfortable. You feel like you're learning more. You feel like you're able to ask questions. You're able to talk. You're able to just... Um, soak all that knowledge in and it didn't feel the same when there wasn't um like-minded or uh, women in the room it just felt like it was a block a creative block or or a business block on how I can grow or how I can get into this so when I realized that I was like 
okay, like I'm going to really try to stick with the women. I'm going to really try to like be the, be the, I wanted to be a music video director, but I wanted to shoot like the drugs and the money and all that kind of stuff that they, all the guys do. Like I want, I, you could play the gun in my face. Like, why do you feel like you can't do that with me? Like a lot of people felt that they didn't want it, but you know, trust and believe I was a little nervous sometimes, <laughs> but I'm such like a doer that I wouldn't let that stop me. And I wouldn't show anyone that. And I really wanted to get past the, that, the gender thing, like it's, a, it's still there. And I feel like, um, honestly, I have locks and things. I feel like over time that, that how I look and how I dress probably came from how I was perceived mm. back then. And not so directly, not like if anyone asked me today, why do you have locks? Oh, because the film industry wouldn't take me serious. Like, no, that that's, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying that, over time through my life experiences as well as my experiences through the film industry, I do think it plays a part as to why I am a bit more masculine with how I look versus the average female. Um, so yeah, the circle back, it's like, I really want to be here for females who, who want to shoot what they want to shoot and they're in their um, second guest or they're doubted because of how they dress or how they look or how they talk anything like do you and 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 do it with someone who's going to say yes just keep going like you won't believe what i've been through but you just keep going like because it's crazy what what good will come out of you keep you believing and you working hard Mm -hmm. i love that thanks for sharing too yes it's it's important to see yourself where you are like not just yourself physically but like other people who look like you been through what you've been through just like that relatability yeah. it's and that's part of why i started on um, boss locks was to really just show that federally companies can discriminate against you based on your lock schools can not allow you to come in to learn there because of your mm-hmm. hairstyles or basically anything they want really but just because there's those rules in place and have the power to do that, like we're we're still in these spaces and you kind of proved that. You were like in these music videos, like what years were you kind of doing like the um like, like 2011, 2010, 2011. 2010. Yeah. Well, let me start. 2010 all the way probably to about 2013. I was gotcha. Yeah, those are different times too. If you're in there and like that that it definitely does something like I think just people who you'll probably like never even meet are gonna see you and be like, oh, okay, she she did that, I can too. Yes, but the crazy thing on the locks thing is, I feel like had I had locks back then, I might have been perceived better and and mm. um easier, quicker because locks instantly. I don't know about other ex- people's experience, but for me, since I've had locks, they instantly give you this number one black look (laughs) they give you this and some people are intimidated by you immediately so it then makes you look hard it makes you look stronger than the average it makes you look um masculine or a little tougher than the normal female so if if i had i look like this honestly at the age of 16 17 18 I, i do think had i walked on the set with my little camera and my locks I think they'd probably be like, oh, here, what you here to shoot? Oh, okay, what's your name? Da, 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 da. 
that's not how it went though, because I had I had my long pretty hair, maybe flat ironed or maybe a sew in or maybe I don't know. It could have been in a ponytail. I was such a girl. I had on pink shirt. And I, you know, I'm just like yeah, a camera. Not clueless or anything, but that's just how it appears. And I feel like in the film industry back then, it was it wasn't really for you. You like you know you look like a little kid. Like you're probably somebody's child over there, or you know you're probably someone's sister on set. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I look like this, I do think I would have been like treated a little differently. I hope you it makes sense. It does, like, yeah. Something about but how today people... it's not like that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like today you most most women are coming very very cute and very very sassy and correct that guys are listening because of how bossed up they look, you know? Um, so then that, that I'm not in that category either, am I? So it's like, it's, a, it's different. Mm-hmm. It, it, as far as the music video world um, or, or the film industry world, but what I do, I'm not really even in that industry anymore. I'm really a content creator for a lot of different genres. So I wouldn't even, I never even introduce myself or call myself a video director or a film filmmaker. That's just not what I do necessarily. Hmm. Content creator. Yeah. I feel like um, I started calling myself that as well, just because it, it forces, it doesn't allow people to put you in a box basically. Yeah. And yeah, because Absolutely. you really can do a lot of different things. And, and, and you know, why I feel like th- that word is different now. I don't feel like people used to say it before. Um, and I, the reason I feel I am a content creator is because there's more that exists now than just photo and video. Like people want, people want gifs of themselves. People want memes of themselves. People want things for their story. People want IGTV videos. I mean, there's trailers now there's, you could put, um, filters on the Snapchat or whatever for your event. Um, I mean, there's so many different things now. So that's why it's like, the average photographer may not be able to make that. Like they might just take images. A content creator can create any type of visual content that you're looking to. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I always like to say like, um, well, I'm gonna start calling myself this. I say it in my mind all the time, but like I'm the repurpose king or kind of recycle king because that video can literally turn into a lot of different things. It could turn into a image, of course, there's a still shot. It could turn into a gift, like you mentioned, a boomerang. It could even really flip it into things like a book, even. So there's like, when you really look at it as content, not just video, you can see, okay, this could be so many different things. And I guess kind of like you, like, you're not just this one person, you so many different things. There's a lot that make that uh, leads to MK kind of behind the scenes. Like, there's a whole journey, lessons learned, wins, losses, or all of that stuff right right yeah. absolutely hey i want to take a quick break to tell you about a facebook group we've put together called working while black it's the number one group for black professionals creatives entrepreneurs and people in the workforce to connect learn and support each other's growth as an extension of this very podcast, and will be a place to dive deeper into topics discussed on this show, as well as having the opportunity to participate in a live Working While Black series that addresses the Black experience in the workplace. Now, 
If you're feeling this, then you'll want to join immediately because we're naming the first 50 people to join as the founding members who will get special privileges as the group grows. Now you can join today by searching for Boss Locks Working While Black. And also, to just make it real easy on you, if you click the link in the description, it'll take you to our site. We can learn about our guests and everything that they're doing, but also, you'll see really easy instructions on how to join the group. I'm talking about like a click of a button and boom, like you're there. So, you know, it, it's free, it's easy, and it's built to support black growth. So, join today, and I'm looking forward to see you there. Now, thank you very much for listening, and now back to our show. Hmm. So cool. So yeah, how long have you had locks now? I think this year will make two years. That's so they look really nice. Thank you. Thank you. So with um I guess you already touched on it a little bit, but do you remember that decision to actually start growing locks and what that was like? Yeah. Um well so for, for starters, I'm not, Walter doesn't know this guy, so shocker. These are lock extensions. So uh, um, if you look real close, I'm really getting hurt. <laughs> I got to get the closer. <laughs> this, is, this is only for Walter. This isn't really for um, everyone. I'm just being personal with Walter. But um, if you look close, you, you can see what's my hair and then where the extension starts. Mm. So... Um, when I first got them, they were kind of at this level, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know yeah. if you can see that now. and they've kind of grown since then. Um, and so eventually probably when it gets down to like here, I'll probably cut the, um, extension off and just let mm-hmm. my hair breathe and grow back to however, but I'm not someone who was willing to do the ugly stage. Unfortunately, I know that like the term is, um, probably not the best. But I really have to look nice for what I do for a living. And from what I've been through and how much I know it matters, like what you look like as far as how people perceive, how they talk to you, um, like how how they work with you, it matters. And so I just didn't want to feel self-conscious or feel inadequate with like shorter locks while I'm trying to shoot a video or while I'm trying to really get into this wedding. I really will overthink my hair. So I had to mm-hmm. get extension and breathe through that. But um, I've loved it. I've had them for two years now. Um, yeah. Yeah. You said, oh, do you say, oh, what made me get it? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, sorry, I had to explain it because it's like. You oh, know, no, I like, love what? that. I love, I love the direction it went. Her hair is so long. Like, how did that grow in two years? Um, it'll be crazy. It'll be crazy because some people ask me stuff. I'm I'm really open. I don't lie and pretend that it's all my hair. Um, but people go, "Wow, like your hair is so long. You must have grown that for like ten years." Like, and I was like, "No." <laughs> like, and I feel bad. I feel like I'm like I know how serious they're taking to certain people, so I never want to like be disrespectful. Um, mm. you know, but. What made me get them is I've always just really not liked my hair, but I'm a girl. And in in America, you're taught to, like, love your hair and you're beautiful regardless, no matter how your hair looks. But real life, some people's hair is not the best. Like, 
And so it was just a, a struggle, life struggle, trying to like love my hair, but then also trying to be girly with my hair and then realizing I'm not even that girly. So now how do I wear my hair? Because this is way too girly. Like, um, so I just went through a lot of shifting and how I wanted to look. And I think that um, maybe my senior year of college, I realized like, I want to lock my hair. Like I just want it locked. Like I felt like I love braids. I love, I love like styles that I don't have to do anything with other than like, like, you know, you know, I can style me up real quick, but I don't want to have to do anything else. <laughs> so that's, I love braids. And when I realized that I was like, man, my mom should have locked my hair when I was younger. Like, I wonder my whole life would have been different. Like just, just because of that. So I just was ready to do it. And I did a lot of research on lock extension. I, I did a lot of research on getting locks and just and just trying to love yourself through that stage. But I was like, I don't know if I could do it. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all of that. And especially the lock extensions as well. I think part of what I want to do is help people just understand, like, regardless of what you do with your hair, it's like your choice. It don't really matter what other people think. And I'm glad you shared all of that. Cause I remember when I first started, I remember hearing about lock extensions. I didn't really know much about it. So I didn't even pay it any mind, but it actually is a great way of helping them grow down as well. So it's not just like, it's, it's not like a cop out on the ugly phase or anything. That is actually a good way to kind of help with the growth process. So they kind of grow down and everything. Yeah. And yeah. yeah so, I um, thought of that. That's very true. Yeah. And, and another way, um, now these are these are handmade, it's human hair, but I feel as though I'm helping someone's company, someone's small business. <laughs> these were like very expensive as well as the service. Um, it costs almost as, as much as girls pay for lace fronts, maybe three times. Like if they got their hair done three times, that's how much all of this costs. But I never had to pay for it again. Um, yeah. And then and then I feel like Times change. We learn things and things evolve. And so I know a lot of people who have gotten lock extension as in like gotten their locks put back on. Um, I know people who have gotten someone who's passed away locks put onto them as it might sound a little crazy, but to them, it did something for them because they passed away. Like it's it's so many beautiful things that can come out of lock extension. And I I hope people realize that when they, you know, they think differently. Yeah, you just kicked the door wide open. I didn't even think about all of that. That's, yeah. that's really cool. That's really cool. Man. All right. Well, I know if it goes soon, but I just have one, two other questions for you. Um, okay, cool. What advice would you give to someone who wants to go natural, but is kind of worried about being accepted? Well, um, I would say... Number one, as as long as you're doing something with the right reasoning and you're being a good person here on earth, wear your hair how you please. Wear the outfit you please, like strut around how you please, as long as it's not hurting anyone else. Um, And I say that because I know I have tons of friends. I have line sisters who have natural, beautiful hair where they wear it out in an afro or they're doing bantu knots or they're 
they're doing those rods and the curls and it's just so beautiful. Like, and I just don't understand how anyone could see it differently. So my thoughts would be is to rock it and teach them, teach them what they're not understanding, you know? Love it. And last question is, um, do you consider your locks a hairstyle or a lifestyle? That is a good question. Oh my goodness. I love that question. I'm going to start asking people that question when they ask me how long I've been growing up. <laughs> because I, I love that question because I, I feel very nervous talking to some people about locks because mm. they get real deep. And I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. So to me, honestly, it's just a hairstyle that I will have personally forever. Like I love my locks. I, I, I really wish I would have been made this decision, but I plan to have these forever. Um, and as far as a lifestyle, I do believe it is a lifestyle that I don't live, but I do believe that there are, I guess you, it wouldn't be the lock though. I, maybe it would be like a, a Rastafarian or a, uh, it's some type of vibe that I do feel people have who have locks um, and they're really like in touch with outdoors or they're really into like not retwisting their locks for very, very long times. Um, or even they're, they're, they have their children have locks and it's no game play. Like as soon as that hair is grown out, we're locking <laughs> it up. Like that is a lifestyle and I, re- I respect it. I love it. I need to learn more about it. But if it makes me nervous now, because I have locks. Like I, I really didn't think about it when I was, when I didn't have locks, it would be like, Oh, like it would be like seeing someone who, who's more proper than I am. Or it would be like seeing someone who's really into horoscopes and I'm not like, it's just something different. But now it's like, Ooh, I kind of have what you have, but I don't know if you're on the same boat. So like, let's not, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel you actually. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I think that it's, you know, black hair in general is so interesting because they're, you know, I feel like that's the theme of this episode. Like there's just so many different ways to go about things. And um, and actually it's like that Jasana McDaniel, she was the first person um, for the first episode that we've had on the show. It's called 8,000 Ways to Be Black because there are so many different ways to be black. And even with our hair, there's so many different ways to grow it. And just even in the lock lifestyle, like there's so many different ways to live your life with locks and it's, it does symbolize a lot, but I think if anything, I always like to say it's really in the, just an extension of yourself. So it's like people probably will like expect you to live that lifestyle, but you know, a lot of white people associate locks with like criminal behavior and stuff. So who's to say what the proper lifestyle is? I've really experienced a little bit of that. So now that I have locks, I forget I have them. They're just my hair now. So it's like sometimes I get looks and stares that I'm trying to figure out why they're looking at me like that. But I think sometimes it's because of how I my locks and I could have my book bag, which has tons of camera stuff in it. But they may think otherwise, you know, I just look sometimes I do get the looks that like what you up to mm-hmm. and I'm just getting in the car, like nothing deep. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, you made me think of something. My little cousin, he's 19. He has very nice textured hair. He's mixed 
with some type of Puerto Rican maybe. And so I'm just trying to give you a visual of his hair. And he wanted locks and he locked it. But of course he didn't want the nice little neat locks I tried to create. He he wants this Rasta. He wants them to be, uh, what do you call it? Freeform. That's what they call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at first I was just like, oh, that, I don't know. I don't like how that looks, but like it's grown on me. Like I, I really like it, how it looks on him. And, you know, he's nothing like a Rasta, but I'm sure when he walks somewhere, people instantly are looking at his head and probably sizing him up and it's crazy. But even as his cousin, I was like not enjoying the hairstyle, but it really grew on me. And it, I, you know, it's like you you forget about it on him. It's, yeah. it's just him. And so for me to have to take a little time, I can only imagine what the world does to that, where they don't even take time sometimes. And it's just like, oh, I see it. Let me react. And mm-hmm. that's why I'm saying that advice is to, to make them react. Like, do you, but just make sure you're doing the right thing so that you're not the, the wrong person in the situation. But Allow people time to adjust, you know, like, be you. Yeah, I love that. I feel like we all have to unlearn um, from all races. Like, everyone, there's, there's a lot that we don't know. We assume we know. And we just have to realize that we just we just really don't know. Um, Black people, white people, Latinx community, everyone. We all have learning to do because there's just so many, like, like, cause I remember when I was younger, um, just like being like very big on like, no, nah, I don't want my locks to be free form to be neat and everything. But as I grow into it, I'm like, you know what, actually, I don't even mind like the free form life. Like there's something cool to everything, like just how the hair can grow in general. It's just like very interesting. So it's like, there's not one way to do it. And yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Cause I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people, have to do some unlearning and yeah, it's just not that deep. Yeah. Life is yeah. like learning. Like, like you said, that 8,000 ways to be black. If that, that's a perfect, I mean, we need that on a shirt. Like, Oh yeah, it's coming. It's coming. But that's, yeah. that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's crazy because they'll throw us in this box of being black. And it's like, I'm nothing like the black girl sitting next to me, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> hmm. That's right. All right. Well, I know you've got uh, you got some more work to do. You're about to shoot a wedding in a little bit, so um, I really appreciate you um, making the time to come on. And um, is there anything else you'd like to share before I let you go? No, I I really appreciate this. I love what you're doing. I love the message. I really think that more people need to hear this and need to understand like professionalism goes past my physical feature or how I look. Like, um, so yeah, like, and, and back to the deaf community, it's like, we got to really love each other. Like, because just because someone can't hear or just because they need to talk with you with their hands, like does not mean you size them up or count them out. And I, I want to make sure, or I think we all want to make sure that you don't count anyone out because of the locks that are going out there. So I love what you are doing, Walter. Shout out to you. And thank you for having me. Like, I'm so happy to be the first videographer. That's that's monumental because this will get bigger and bigger and better. So this is dope. Yeah. That's what's up. You know what? You're making me realize I probably need to bring on someone um, 
and a translator, of course, because I don't know the signs yet. I'll say yet because I'm going to start learning. But yeah, I need to bring someone from the deaf community on. But yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate you sharing all that. I just want money in the bank. Have no time for them. We just pray and say amen. That is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It's Boss Locks, where we are redefining professionalism and proving that natural hair and professionalism do coexist. Now, if you like today's episode and want to learn more about our guests, go ahead and visit www.bosslocks.org. I mean, you could also click the link in the description. It'll take you right to the episode page where you can see all the different links and places to learn and connect with our guests. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter, which is the best place to get direct messages from me to you. And we'll always continue to announce things through this podcast, but you'll be able to get more information about everything happening outside of the podcast. Once again, thank you for listening. My name is Walt, and I will see you next time. David told me fire up on them. I, I don't even want to watch them. Because the way that they're hating, that, that shouldn't be a problem. David told me Tati Billion. Out this world, I want other Williams. Not Serena, I'm talking about a skinny one. But a skinny one. Money in the bag. Money in the bag. I just want money in the bag. Money in the bag. I just want money in the bag. Money in the bag.